Hello, party people. This is the Just Ideas podcast. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In today's episode, Andy Urich talks about yet another theory of happiness. We sell you a euphoria pill and how suffering may actually make you happy. Mr. McIntyre and his son are sitting on the couch one weekend watching college football. They're really getting hungry, and so they say, you know what, maybe we should get some sub sandwiches. And so McIntyre Jr. says, hey, Dad, let's get Jimmy John's. I think they deliver. And his dad goes, Mr. McIntyre says, we're not getting that delivered. We'll just go out and pick it up. And his son pleads with him one more time and says, but Dad, we'll just pay five extra dollars. It'll be here in 15 minutes. And McIntyre says, no, we're getting in the car. It's good for you to suffer a little bit. Is it good for us to suffer a little bit? Let me start by asking you this. Suppose there is this euphoria drug, and you, and you take it, and it makes you feel very, very happy, very, very peaceful. You feel like you're connected to the universe. It's definitely, it's, so it's hypothetical, right? So it's, it's, we know for a fact it's given in the conundrum. It's not dangerous, and it's not addictive. Right. Would you take it? Gosh, you're tempting me with everything you have. I mean, come on, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, I was saying this at a party, and everyone's like, why wouldn't you? But the answer is, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, I don't want to be that happy. (laughs) (laughs) Only a moron wants to be that happy. Only a moron can be that happy, right? The purpose of life is to suffer. Is that right? Suffering is the purpose of our lives. Well, suffering, so right now in, 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 in our class that we teach about people skills, we make the students make a phone call to an older OSU alum, and they have to talk to him on the phone for 30 minutes, and they have to lead the conversation by interviewing them about um, people skills. Okay. Now, you tell a 20-year-old they have to do this, what's the reaction? Hell no, I'm not doing that. Panic sets in. Right. Knees are knocking. They're sweating, right? <laughs> However, we make them do it. Not only that, their classmates are listening, A, to make sure they do it, and B, to learn from their mistakes. Okay. So not only are you doing the phone call, but you got people listening, right? And it's got to go 30 minutes. So afterwards, we ask the students, what's the best part of the class? <clears throat> Excuse me. And they say, the phone call. Really? They said that? Yeah, because after you go through an ordeal you feel good about the fact that you made it through the ordeal. Yeah, there's a certain gratifying thing to say, like, oh, I didn't think I could do it, and then you did it. Yeah, you go, like in the old days, you used to go on a vacation, and, you know, things went wrong, you had a story. For sure, I I can empathize with that. Truck blows a tire and needles California, you know, the people are ignoring you, you're stuck on the street, you're scared... You know, whatever it is, when something goes wrong, you have a story. When everything's right, there is no story. And after you endure something scary or something, you know, that's suffering, you feel good about yourself. The euphoria, the euphoria drug would be just, you know, an escape from reality. Yeah, I get that. Um, I definitely can see how it would be appealing to do that. But I agree with you in the sense where it's like, for me, a lot of my growth experiences have come through like discomfort. And I oftentimes talk, and we talked about this a little bit in episode one with do people change? And it's like, yeah, I think people maybe could change um, at the very least in the short term if something's uncomfortable, right? Like in pain, like my dad is um, 
helps with investments and like people change up their investments if they feel uncomfortable with something. And so like that applies to a lot of life is like, Hey, I'm uncomfortable right now. I have to change from this or more so accurately in this sense, grow from it. And, you know, maybe even get a good story from it. Yeah. And as you know, I got a lot of theories on happiness. Oh, I know. you. And do. I don't know if I've dropped this one on you, but this one, some of the other ones are up for debate. This one's foolproof. Foolproof. If I hit you in the head with a stick for three hours, when I stop, you'll be happy. Oh, yeah, relative, right? baby. <laughs> and that's, that makes relative happiness. So the euphoria drug is a trick question. If you get this euphoria, as soon as you come back off the euphoria drug, you're going to be back to normal. And how's normal going to feel if you were a few minutes ago euphoric? Awful, just the worst. <laughs> exactly. That's why I uh, advocate that college students, you know, lots of them have their medical marijuana card now, and they're going to smoke marijuana, take gummies, whatever they're going to do, right? And my question is, how often do you want to do it? <laughs> well, I guess if you ask them, it'd probably be every night they're taking a gummy. Exactly. Every morning. So th which is arguably a euphoria drug. Okay. Right? So if you take it every single day, you're cheating at how happy you should be. But by my stick-beating theory, all you're really doing is raising your expectation of happiness. Right, right, I get that. So, if, you know, I mean, everyone's happiness is relative because I'm either being, you know, hit in the head with a stick or, or I'm euphoric, right? And, it, and whatever average is, is, is you know, what, what we're going to typically be doing. So if we're above average, we're happy. If we're below average, we're, we're unhappy by this particular measure of happiness. So if you use a drug to make yourself happy regularly, you're not making yourself happy. You're just making yourself unhappy when, when you're not on the drug. Furthermore, it's college, the happiest time in your life. So if you can't be happy during the happiest time in your life, what the hell are you going to do when college is over and reality sets in? You're screwed. You're, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not going to sit around like some sort of prude telling people you know, not, to, not to use marijuana, but my thought would be make it special once a month. Twice a month, you're looking forward to it. Plus, looking forward for stuff is better than the actual stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? That's what makes all the mundane stuff worthwhile because you're always worrying about what's behind you or what's in front of you. And so if you got something good to you know, think about in front of you, then that's all you'll think about. Yeah. And you, you, um, so what you do is you pick what you, you, know, you, you want to worry about and what you want to suffer through. So... So what happens to me, and here's the problem with modern society, small problems irritate me much more than big problems. Like what? What's an Let example? Let me tell you a story. So in the old days, I am, uh, this is something like uh, 11 years ago. I, uh, I, I, I am married, I have, let's say, a two-year-old, and I have a mother-in-law, and we are living in Stillwater, we're driving to the airport in Tulsa. We're going to put the mother-in-law on a plane to somewhere. Okay. And then the three of us with the two-year-old are um, flying somewhere as well. So we're just about ready to leave. And, of course, we're leaving late because that's how it went back then. Sure. So we're running late. And I think, you know, that toilet was kind of running a little bit. We're going to be gone for quite a while. I am going to go. Last thing I'm going to do. Got the mother-in-law in the car. Got the baby in the car. I am going to go turn that crank on that toilet. 
Okay. And now I should have known not to do it because it goes against everything I stand for. You know, you're at home for six months, nothing's wrong with the toilet. Right. You're going away for two weeks, suddenly something's going to go wrong. Right. So I grab the crank to turn it. Crank comes off in my hand. Water <laughs> starts shooting across the bathroom. Ask me, do I lose it? Well, I would have lost it. I didn't lose it. You, you know why? That's a major problem, and that's a worthy problem. So, and calm, which is something I don't usually do. Calmly, I go out to the front yard where the water shut off to the house is. Okay. I pull the metal lid off it. I don't have one of those cranks everybody has. I'm going to have to use some kind of an adjustable wrench. I look down the hole. Any number of bugs are crawling around down there. I'm still calm. I go in the garage. I get a wrench. When they put the pipe in, they put the pipe too close to the nut, so you can't get a wrench anywhere near it. Right. So I got to turn the wrench on like a one-sixteenth turn and reset it every time. <laughs> I've been there. I've been so there. I'm in the front yard, lying on the grass in my traveling clothes, cranking away at this wrench. Let's, meanwhile, I'm late for my flight. I remain calm the whole time. I get the thing, I get the thing off. I tell my neighbor, I'm going to call the plumber. So we're off. Got the front door open because the plumber's coming. I'm driving to the airport, kind of out in the country part of Stillwater. It's, it's 11 years ago. Cell phones aren't what they are today. I call, I call the plumber. I get the answering service on the top of a hill. I go down into a hill. The phone call gets caught up. Caught, caught up. I lose my thing. I get all pissed and throw my cell phone at the ground. And you lose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the cell phone didn't work. So I think the cause of stress in, my, in, in modern society is we were made to overcome these big problems. And when you over, if you've got good big problems and you overcome them, you feel good about yourself. Yeah. But when we get all these labor-saving devices, when the labor-saving device doesn't work, we just get miserable. So I think we're actually making ourselves miserable by not suffering and the only suffering we have is when our labor-saving devices don't work. Yeah, right. I, I understand that. I mean, shoot, you drive a nice car, you ride in someone's nice car, and they're complaining about how the heated seats aren't as warm as they'd like to be or they're even too hot on their butt. And it's like, okay, what are we really talking about here? We're talking about how the butt warmers are a little too hot? Turn them down. You know, it's just those little things that people get hung up on. Yeah, when I, when I first moved to Oklahoma, I was tough. I moved down here from Ohio, did not have air conditioning in my car. Ugh, I'm driving around Oklahoma all summer, no air conditioning. And you know what? Since I never had air conditioning, it, was, it wasn't that bad. My friend would get in the car. He's fanning his back. He's leaning forward. He's complaining. So after two years, I realized I'm never going to get married if I don't have air conditioning in my car. So I get air conditioning in my new car. Suddenly, it's February it's 73. I'm like, Jesus Christ, let's get this down to 71 where I'm comfortable, right? <laughs> and suddenly, I'm going to be 71 the rest of my life. But yeah, I swear, two years driving around with air conditioning, I was not... Uh, there's a couple of days, yeah, it's a little hot. Sure. Right? But you know, like, you must have sweat. No, I didn't sweat because I never had air conditioning, so my body was used to it. Gee, you know what? That's just so foreign to me. I was born and raised here, and it's not like I would ever not turn on the air conditioning. That's You need it. People's lives, they go longer. You need the air conditioning. That one I don't agree with. We've, we've had air conditioning for, you know, a few decades, and man lived for, you know, tens of thousands of years without air conditioning. Trust me, you could do it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe my mood would be a little worse, though. Plus, the weak ones drop over, you know, so the 
gene pool gets, you know, gets, gets better. We should do a whole episode on natural selection and how you see that. Because I know we've talked about the kid walking to class in the cold and he's going to die one way or another. If it's, exactly. Right. But yeah, I know. I know. Back to those labor saving devices. I mean, like, there's just so many things. It's like, I always think about what you said about how it's like everyone's just trying to sell you something or like someone's like, hey, can I talk to you about this? And it's like, no, you're not going to convince me. It's like, and that's something I've been thinking about more is like the whole want not principle. And it's like, yeah, if I get this and I have to get this to go with it, you know, I get the nice Tupperware or whatever. And then I got to get the nice, you know, Tupperware saver to, you know, preserve it even longer. And it's like, well, but the method I'm using right now works just fine. And I guess that's just a long winded way of saying like, we're actually pretty okay. Like you don't need a whole lot. You know what I mean? To like get through our days. Well, you need a lot of suffering. You need a lot of hills to climb over. You need a lot of broken glass to sit on, right? So you can feel good about yourself. Yeah, I get that. I think for me, also like as a young man, like I have suffered, not suffered. It makes it sound so incredibly bad, but like suffering, like I did a high school marching band and that was suffering, right? In the sense where, you know, they have me out there for 20 hours a week in the blazing heat with no air conditioning. But I will say I appreciate the experience because I think it's made me more resilient and I've grown through that suffering because it's like now I can kind of like handle it. Like I, you know, did lawn mowing and it's like, yeah, I'm used to this kind of like pain that comes with the gratification of, you know, if I want to mow a lawn or if I want to do well with marching band, like it just comes with the territory. And I think that's made me maybe, you know, more successful in my life is just because I've been okay with, you know, feeling pain at certain junctures. Well, this is, you know, this is the thing. It's relative because, you know, as, 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 as the old Andy, I can sit here telling you we suffered more when I was young. But, of course, people who were much older than me suffered much more than uh, I did. Right? So, like, yeah. every generation just suffers less than the other. And every old generation sits there going, oh, you young people don't know how to suffer. So my question is this. Watching your generation, what the hell are you going to say when you're old? You're going to say, boy, when I was your age and I wanted something, I had to move my arm. You know, <laughs> that's going to be the big suffering that you pass on yeah. to the super young people. Well, that's what it is. I mean, I'll just tell my kids how I got an Uber Eats order canceled two hours into it. I thought I was going to get it and they canceled it on me. And, you know, probably then whenever my kids are getting Uber Eats, it'll be there, you know, instantaneously. And I'll say, I had to wait two hours one time. Yeah. And by the time, by the time your kids are, are old, you're going to call up for food, someone else is going to eat it, digest it, and defecate it for you. <laughs> you're not going to have to do anything. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that time. Jeez. Me too, actually. <laughs> okay, so let's circle back to this idea of um, the value of suffering. So, like, it's kind of an oxymoron in itself where it's like you don't think that you would get anything out of suffering. So, like, what is the main thing that we can get out of our daily suffering? Feeling good about yourself. Because they're back to the euphoria drug, right? There's two things that make people feel good. You can, I mean, we might have talked about this before, but it's a reoccurring theme. You can do something that makes you feel good about yourself, or you can do something that makes yourself feel good. So if you smoke marijuana every night, that makes you feel good. If you pick up the phone call, call the scary CEO from the company and make it through, that's going to make you feel like you're a good person, right? When you, you know, you, you, you're in a city and your car breaks down and you're scared and you, you know, act reasonable under stress, get the situation sorted out. Once again, you're the kind of person whose car can break down, you know, in a, in a, in an unfamiliar situation. And you now know you can, um, you, you can handle it. So when, when I have parenting failures, I always think, well, yeah, that's okay. So I was at the park, and I'm you know, sitting in the shade, and, 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 and my children can't find me. 
right. and they think I'm lost. So they, you know, go to a security guard. Security guard's looking all over for me. I'm like 50 feet away from them the whole time, but nobody can see me. And everyone's like, oh, bad parenting. Not really. What I taught my boys is that if you lose your dad, it's going to be okay. Right? If they wake up and they're like, where's dad? Daddy? Daddy's not anywhere. Well, he's in the garage. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit of panic. But what you learn is it's going to be okay. Right. So, you know, it, 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 I'm not the, I can't intentionally do it because that seems like you're torturing them. But I should because every time they suffer, they're learning I'm independent. I'm going to be okay. Right? And they, the, you know, they, the bus breaks down and they get all upset. I'm like, "No, don't get upset. What you learned today is it's going to be okay." Right. Right? There's you know, there's you know, there's nothing nothing to worry about. It's always going to be okay. And if, you know, daddy's supposed to pick you up from school and I'm not there, what you learn is he'll be here soon. <laughs> right? Or it will be okay. Yeah. Right? And and that you know, and if you never suffer, you don't think it's going to be okay. So the punch, you know, I got far afield as usual, but the punchline is what a lot of human beings try to do is feel good. Watch TV, Drink alcohol, smoke marijuana, what you know, what, whatever else, any kind of escapism, sure, advice. right, is going to be bought shopping for God's sakes, right? <laughs> and then what um, makes you feel good about yourself, I believe, is the less stuff you have, less stuff you have, you know, repairing things, cooking things for yourself, right? Every suffering that you endure actually makes you feel good about yourself, and we are in this trap where the whole world is designed to make us feel good instead of give us things to do that make us feel good about ourselves. Maybe that's the answer right there. We just got to get back to basics, right? Yeah, but we're ruined. Like, I can't go off the grid. No, you can't. It's yeah, terrible. Because I'm I ruined. You know, I'm, I'm ruined by I'm soft because all this, all this stuff. Oh, ah, good news is it doesn't take much to make us suffer. No. <laughs> well, you know, turn your TV off for a day. Jesus Christ, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. No, I wasn't out in the desert for two weeks. I went a day without uh, TV. I know. Well, I'll tell you what. Some of, I, I like camping here and there. I really do because more so than anything, the nature, you know, cooking or whatever, it's just getting the phone off and away. And it's just like, you know, what what's there to see? What's there? To, what am I really missing out on? And it's like such a nice relief. And it's just like disconnected from anything and like you really just get to enjoy the present moment and maybe that's what's lost on us is we just don't enjoy you know where we're at right now you know and I was talking earlier about like you know you worry about what's in front of you or what's behind you and it's just like like with camping for me you know personally or whether it's you know um mindfulness for some or meditating whatever it's like it just keeps you right where you need to be um even prayer for some it just keeps you in the moment um and it allows you to like feel humbled in your life I actually just got a quote here um, from my buddy Dan. Dan passed it over here. He said, um, so, or it's from Horace. Am I saying that right, Dan? Uh, he doesn't know. Suffering is but another name for the teaching of experience, which is the parent of instruction and the schoolmaster of life. Jeez, talk about insightful. Yeah, that's a good thing to end on. Yeah, I like it. Thanks, Dan. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are just ideas. <laughs>